I have um, a question for you this morning. We're going to start with a question. When was the last time that you got really good news? That's the question. When was the last, just take a moment to think about it. When was the last time you were given really good news? Uh, I was sick all week. You can probably still hear a bit of it in my voice. <clears throat> I am much better than I was on Monday when it hit me, uh, but I'm still doing the elbow bumps today, just in case. Um, uh, but towards the end of that week of being sick, I got an email, and it was just really encouraging. Uh, it lifted my spirits. And I remember I was sitting at my computer, I was trying to get some work done, I was feeling really crummy, and this email came in, someone had thought of me for an opportunity. And I just felt remembered. And I was just reading it, and I was smiling like a fool at my computer. And even though I was feeling sick, and I was still tired, and I still had a sermon to finish writing, um, for a couple of minutes, I just got to smile. Nothing had happened, but the news of something that could happen helped me to experience some respite from the negative of being sick and feeling tired, and it drew me in to a moment of joy. So what about you, right? When is the last time or, or a recent time that you got really good news? I'm going to give you a moment to think about it, but find something and just Hold it in your head for a moment. Just think about that thing that brought you a little bit of joy, this good news that came, and just hold that in your mind. And once I see a bunch of goofy smiles, I'll know that you're actually doing it. Um, it doesn't need to be overtly spiritual. It could be, I just found out that my family member, who I thought wasn't going to be able to come for Christmas, is now able to come and spend the time with us. That's wonderful news. That would bring us joy. It could be someone, I don't know, got a promotion at work, or you've been working towards a goal, and finally... Finally, you got it, right? Just take a moment. Think about that thing. Okay, it looks like people are, I'm seeing some smiles. Do you want to share? Are you, is that where your hands are up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So Joan said she's had a very joyful year. She's been able to reconnect with friends who she hasn't seen in a long time. And just this morning, she got news that two friends that had stayed with her before are going to come visit tonight, and she's invited them to come to our party. That's cause for joy. Thank you for sharing that, Joan. Okay, it, it looks like a lot of us have something good or beautiful or exciting that we've, that we've held in our minds. Thank you, Joan, for sharing yours. Um, here's the really interesting thing. So if, if I'm going to sit here and I, I'm just going to try to imagine the different things that you're all thinking of, I can categorize them So for, for me, into two different categories. So for many of you, many of you, you are thinking of something that already happened. Right, that's, Joan had a story of something that's already happened. Friends that came and visited, that's brought her joy. Right? This was something in the past, something really wonderful that had happened, and it brought joy. It was a blessing. You experienced it, and sitting with it here for just a moment, just, just like it brought you joy before, it invites you into joy now. The remembrance of this joyful event invites you into joy 
Again, that's awesome. For others, here's the interesting thing. For others, the thing that you are holding in your heart hasn't happened yet. Joan had a story of that too. That worked out perfectly. <laughs> Joan had a story of that too. These people are coming to visit. They haven't come yet. For some of you, you're, you're thinking of news of something that's yet to happen, something that's on the horizon. This is like hearing from the family member who's able to come for Christmas. They haven't come yet, but learning that they will come, hearing that it will happen, brought you excitement, right? It stirred up in you happiness, excitement, and possibly, hopefully, even some joy. Even before the thing has happened, you're invited into joy. Isn't that wonderful? It, but it's also kind of funny, right? Here's the idea. This is the idea. Joy is not temporally locked, right? Right, what I mean by that? Joy is not stuck in a certain place or time. We've just talked about joy can come to us from the past, through remembrance, into where we are right now. And the expectation of something great can also pull us into joy through hope or faith. From the future, joy comes to us in that way. From the thing that is yet to come. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about joy and rejoicing in the context of the book of Philippians. And I'm not going to rehash all of that uh, that I talked about then because it was pretty recent. Uh, but the premise, the big thing was that Paul was saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And I tried to remind us that as Christians, we can rejoice in the Lord always because we have something, always we have something worth rejoicing about. A joy that comes to us through remembrance. We can always come to joy through a remembrance of the great gift of salvation that we've received. Our liberation from sin and shame, our new identity as God's beloved children, this is always with us. Now this, this doesn't overwrite bad things in our lives or call us to be falsely happy all the time. In fact, Paul writes often about the difficulties and the sorrows of being separated from people that he loves. I think he drives it home really well in 2 Corinthians 6.10 when he describes the believers as being able to be, this is a quote, sorrowful but always rejoicing. Because even in the hard moments, even when we are sorrowful, there is always this thing for which we can be grateful that invites us into joy. There is always the wonder of our salvation. But it doesn't mean that we're never sad or never experience sorrow just that we also carry with us a seed of joy everywhere we go. So we talked that week about joy as a practice of remembrance. I want today to go in the opposite direction. Today, so before I focused on remembrance, how the remembrance of such a great gift invites us into rejoicing always, today I want to focus on how the promise or how the hope of something beautiful that is to come, can also produce a fruit of joy in our hearts. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we do with that joy. Does that sound good? Yeah? Some nods? All right. Our passage of Scripture today is an example of this forward-facing joy, a hope-filled joy. It was an announcement of good, good news to a people who are currently in a place of despair. 
the people of Israel are in exile in Babylon. This is not a nice place to be. But after many years of this exilic experience, finally there comes an announcement from God through his prophet Isaiah. I'm not going to read through the whole passage again. There are kind of like three main beats that we get in the passage. The first thing that happens is a message of forgiveness. If you're a Christian, this is the remembrance kind of joy for us. If you're not a Christian, let me tell you, there is a promise of forgiveness. That if you confess your sins, then God is faithful to forgive your sins and cleanse you. This is a process of liberation, and it is an experience of absolute joy. In this story, the people of Israel aren't experiencing it as a remembrance, as we do, but as an announcement of it. Uh, the announcement of it is actually a present experience of joy. This is happening. This is what the verse says. It says, proclaim to Jerusalem that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. This is a right now, in the moment joy. It's a present joy. That's good, good news right here in that moment. They hear it, they can sit and smile, not looking forward or back, just present. But there's more to come, right? There is a future message that also brings them into joy and I think enhances their joy because they are currently still in exile, right? Yes, they're forgiven, but they're still in exile. Joy and sorrow are together there for sure. But here's the next beat. The next thing that they're going to hear in the passage that invites them into joy, they're going to get to go home. They won't be in exile any longer. Exile is going to end. And that is exciting news for God's people. Soon, they will finally be able to go to a place that is their own. Where they aren't being oppressed by cruel overlords. It hasn't quite happened yet. But the announcement that it is coming is cause for celebration. And the second future hope that is promised and invites the Israelite people into joy is the proclamation that God's kingdom is coming. And there's this beautiful picture that's painted. It says in verse 5, The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. And it talks about God coming with power and bringing rewards and tending to his people. It says he gathers them up in his arms and he's carrying them close to his heart. This, again, is a future hope. It's a promise. Something that hasn't happened for them yet, but when it was announced to God's people, they would be invited into joy. As long as they clung to the hope that it was coming, as long as they had faith, that it would come, this would spark joy in their hearts. We are currently in the second week of Advent. We talked about how Advent, rather than just being Christmas, is actually a season of waiting, a season of preparing, of longing in anticipation of the miracle of Christmas. And when we talk about it like that, I think there can be a risk there can be a risk of believing that this means we are deferring all joy until December 25th. That's the day for joy. Right now, we're in sorrow, we're in mourning, we're in longing. I don't think this is the case. What I, what I hope you're starting to get a picture of today is that through hope, we can experience an abundance of joy in a season of waiting. 
in a time of preparation. Why? Because of the promise of goodness that is to come. We can be joyful even before it has arrived. Because receiving good news in and of itself is cause for joy. Because a good thing on the horizon through hope can pull us forward into joy before it even occurs. Does that make sense? I think the scripture that Danny read earlier when he lit the candles was actually a really wonderful example of this kind of joy in Advent. Let me read it for you again. This is, this is Mary's response to hearing that she is going to become pregnant with Jesus and give birth to the coming Messiah. Remember, when she hears this, the Messiah isn't here yet, right? Actually, there are a whole lot of problems on the horizon for her. She's unmarried and about to get pregnant. How will her betrothed respond? How will her family and community respond? There are reasons for her to be afraid and anxious, but also... This is exciting news about the coming of a long-awaited Savior, finally coming. And here's what Mary says. She says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God. Mary responds with rejoicing. And then she goes on to sing about the ways that God is going to fulfill the promises that he made to his people. The poor will be fed, the sick will be healed, God's people restored. It's a really beautiful song in Luke 1, we call it the Magnificat. None of this has happened yet, but Mary rejoices at the good news because of the hope of what is to come. So what about us today, here and now? Yes, we can rejoice because of the great gift that we have received in our salvation, but are there promises of a future that invites us into rejoicing through hope? Of course, absolutely. Christians are a people marked by hope. In the ministry of Jesus, we got to see the coming of God's kingdom. People healed, relationships restored, unjust systems of power turned on their heads. Jesus announced the coming of God's kingdom. And also, at the same time, he points forward with promise to a time when it will come in full. And as Christians, we have the promise, we have the hope that in the very end, good triumphs, right? That God is redeeming all things, that God is setting all things right. And best of all, really, better than all of that, better than any of those other things, we have the promise that eventually we will get to be with Jesus. To experience without filter the amazing bounty of his love. This is amazing good news. It's not here yet, right? But hearing it proclaimed, hearing it promised to us, that can draw us forward into joy. So, we can look backwards through remembrance and enter into joy through gratitude for the great gift that we've received. And we can also look forwards with hope at the promises of God, and even before they've come to fruition, the hope of them also turns us to joy. This type of joy, that looking forward joy, that is the joy of Advent. And it stands on a firm foundation of faith in a God who keeps his promises. Amen?
And there's one more piece of this that I want to mention. So joy can come to us through the past, through remembrance, and in the future, and excitement and faith and hope. But it is always and only ever actually experienced in the present moment, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to bottle your joy, or you've tried to constrain it, or you've ever tried to hang on to it tighter in an attempt to extend it. None of this ever seems to work. Whenever we look to control joy, we end up squashing it. You can almost think of it like, like a hot coal or a spark or a flame. And if you try to hoard it or cover it or hide it, it can so easily be smothered. But joy is one of those amazing things that grows all the more as we share it. When we give it away, instead of acting like it's a finite resource that we can run out of, it becomes like loaves and fishes touched by our Lord, and it multiplies. And we find this in our passage today as well. Isaiah 40, verse 9, it says, You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. This is what we're supposed to do with joy, with good news. Sometimes we get scared about sharing our good news, right? Anybody ever do this? We don't want to end up accidentally boasting when we have good news. We get scared to share it. Or, or we don't want to make other people feel bad that something good's happened. And you know, We want to be sensitive. It's fair. But as the church, we have been called to mourn with those who are mourning and also to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. I want us to do that. So this morning, we are ending early. Okay? This is, there's not another song. I'm going to give you a benediction in just a moment, but don't leave early. We're ending early, church. We're, this, this, Gathering is ending early, but don't leave early. This is my challenge to you. You were planning to stay until 11.30 anyways. You were. I know it. Because I, I, usually I preach that whole time. Uh, so I know you were planning to stay. You had it in your calendar. You have the time. Stick around until, until at least then. And either, here are your options, share a piece of good news or a story of joy with somebody else or hear from somebody else a piece of good news or joy and then rejoice together. You all thought of something at the beginning of the sermon. I made you do it. So I know you have something in your mind. You don't have to share that specific thing. But there is something on the tip of your tongue. Let's share that today. Like a snowball rolling down a hill, let's allow our joy to build, to grow and then let's do a bit of rejoicing together, here and now. And then, if you're able, hopefully you are, come back tonight at 6.30. Come back tonight for a time of celebrating, of joy, of excitement together for our Christmas party. I love that this party fell on the Sunday that we're talking about joy. We did not plan it that way, just so you know. Actually, it happened because I made a mistake. <laughs> This Sunday is supposed to be, it's, this is supposed to be the, the Sunday we talk about peace. Um, and we're talking about joy. I did it wrong. I put it in the calendar wrong. And then 
we couldn't change it. So, so it, it's happened that way because of a mistake. <laughs> I love that. I love that a mistake is turned to, to, a, to a story of celebration. We have something, church. As Christians, we are party people. We have something, many things worth celebrating. So let's live into that today. Even as everything isn't finished yet, even as there are still hardships and difficulties, let's choose together today to step into joy. Let's allow our day to be shaped by it. And let's see what God does to multiply that gift as we go up on a high mountain or stand on a chair and lift up our voices with shout of praise and celebration. Amen? All right, well, here's your benediction. Friends, let's be people of joy. Let joy live in your heart and share the joy of Christ with all you meet. Share joy by seeing the good in each other. Share joy by remembering good times and hoping for good times to come. Share joy by praying for our world. In this Advent season, we need to see, feel, and share joy. So stay for a while, and when you do leave, go today in the blessing and the joy of our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Blue Mountain Community Church Podcast. May God's word fill you up this week. God bless.